I'm so thankful for what uh, Pastor Jordan said just before he stepped away here that I am excited about the future. There are so many different young people and adults, but especially tonight, young people that are represented here tonight from all over this section, and there are incredible futures right here. And so that's why, and I've just felt this in the Holy Ghost in, in praying about this uh, rally tonight, that the message that the Lord wants me to preach to you tonight is about your future. And so I'm excited about what God's going to do. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, please look with me in the book of Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 5. Amen. Genesis chapter 37, verse number 5. One very simple verse. Uh, turn in your Bibles or on your devices or look on the screen. We never knew we'd see a day where we would say that. All right, Genesis 37 and verse number 5. And Joseph dreamed a dream. Everybody say, he dreamed a dream. And told it, he told it to his brethren. And they hated him yet the more. And they hated him yet the more. He told his dream. What God gave him specifically, it was his dream. Somebody say it was his dream. It was his dream. It was no one else's dream. It was his. It was, it was special to him. But he went and told it to his own brothers. And the Bible says that they hated him. They didn't just hate him. They hated him more. They already hated him. But now they just hated him more. I want to talk to you with the help of the Lord tonight about beware of the dream killers. Amen. Beware of the dream killers. Would you lift your hands and everybody help me pray right now. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the power of your spirit. God, we know that you are in this place to talk to us, to minister to us. And I pray by the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost that you would speak to some young people here tonight, potentially some adults here tonight, God, and, and help us, Lord, to be encouraged by the power of your Spirit because you alone are worthy. And everybody say in Jesus' name. I wonder if you could clap your hands to the Lord before you're seated. Come on, let's praise Him. I'm just going to hide down here and drink my water. How's that? Y'all be seated. God bless you. Turn to somebody and say you're glad to see him in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Jesus, Jesus states in John chapter 10 and verse number 10 that the thief cometh but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But to counter that, Jesus said that he has come to give life and to give it in abundance to give it more abundantly. So if you happen to look up the word abundance, you will find that it means beyond measure. It means beyond measure. So whenever the enemy knows that God has a plan for his children, whenever that your adversary, the devil, knows that, that God has a blessing for you, he will try to step in and intercept that blessing. He will try to get in your way. The reason is, is because the enemy does not want to see you live in abundance. He does not want you or to see you doing the will of God or what God has called you to do. So he comes to steal your riches. He comes to kill your inheritance. And he comes in this generation to destroy your faith in God. 
And a lot of times when we read this in Scripture, when we think that the thief comes to steal, we generally think that he comes to take something tangible from us. And uh, you, you know something that we can touch or something that we can see. And when we think that the enemy comes to kill, we generally think about him coming to kill our body or to maybe put a sickness upon us. But I want you to think just a little bit deeper tonight. Yes, all those things are true, and the devil wants to do all those things. He wants to mess with your possessions. He wants to mess with your health. He wants to destroy everything that you come in contact with. But I want you to understand that the devil has no power to do anything that God doesn't allow him to do. So when the enemy comes at you, you need to take heart that this is not the devil going over God's head. See, we've had that wrong for years and we think the devil's just, he's got all this power to touch. Listen to me, the devil doesn't do a thing that God doesn't give him permission to do. Hey, if God's hand is on the situation, everything is going to be all right. Look at your neighbor say, it's going to be all right. In Genesis 37 and 5, we see that Joseph had a dream. And what the enemy wanted to do was to destroy Joseph's dream. He thought, if I can destroy his dream, then I can keep him from fulfilling his destiny. Understand that the devil does not want you to fulfill the purpose that you were put on earth for. It's not so much about you, young person. It's not so much about you, student, as it is your purpose. It's not that the devil just hates you. He hates your purpose. If he can destroy your purpose, then he will have destroyed you and you will become nothing more than a casualty of war. But I want to tell somebody tonight that the enemy can't kill you and he cannot kill your dream. Come on, I've come to encourage somebody. He will not destroy your dream unless you let him. Your purpose what you are here for. Hey, watch this. God says in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. I've come to give a word to a student, to a church, to a body of believers in section 3 that God has an expected end for everybody here tonight. I've come to tell you, there's future missionaries sitting on this pew tonight. There's future music ministers and pastors and soul winners. Come on, somebody, help me preach right now. You have no idea you're expected in. And the only reason why you can't see it is because you cannot gaze through the fog of every trial and every tribulation that you're walking through. Oh, how can I be of any value to God? All I live is a bunch of mistakes. I've messed up so many times. God could never make me what He wants me to be. Hey, I've come to preach to somebody. When God saw your end, He saw everything you were going to walk through to get to that end. Oh, come on, somebody. Help me preach tonight. Hallelujah. It is a concept that is based on the belief that there is a fixed natural order to things. And we have to understand that. There is a fixed natural order, unexpected in. 
So you can go ahead and just count on it. But you have a dream. God gave you that dream. And because God gave it to you, that dream must be fulfilled. And because of this expected end, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, is there any apostolics here? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Now watch. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Hey, you got a thought that's negative that tries to talk you out of the will of God? You need to bring that thing in and make it obedient to Jesus. I will not be talked out of my dream. Come on, I've come to preach to some young people tonight. You've got a dream. God's given you a dream. And you're letting the devil talk you out of that dream. Come on, let's praise him. Somebody help me praise him right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A stronghold is a mindset that is impregnated with helpless and hopeless anxiety and depression and discouragements and hurt that causes a person to accept the unchangeable something in their life even though that it is contrary to the word of God. Some young people here tonight struggle with depression. You struggle with anxiety. And all that is is a stronghold to keep your dream locked up. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I want you to understand with me tonight that strongholds, imaginations, and high things and thoughts are activities that take place in the mind. The devil understands perhaps better than you and me that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If I think I'm a loser, I'm going to be a loser. Come on now. There's power in your thought process. If I think I'm going to be a failure, I'm going to be a failure. Uh huh. If I think I'm always going to be fat, I'm always going to be fat. But I'm going to get up every day and say, I'm skinny in Jesus' name. And then have a double cheeseburger. Jesus told Peter in Luke 22 and 31, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. Are you listening to me tonight, young person? Satan desires to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Oh, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when you are converted, strengthen thy brethren. I've come to tell somebody here, you're going to get released tonight in Jesus' name. And the dream you thought you was dead is very much alive. And when he delivers you, you're going to encourage. You're going to encourage somebody else to fulfill their dream. Oh, come on, clap your hands if you believe that word tonight. Thank you, Lord. The word "sift" means to confuse the mind. It means to shake your faith, to mess with your beliefs. And if he can cause you to think incorrectly about your concept of God, it becomes incorrect. And you miss out on the destiny that God has planned for you. You know one thing that bothers me about the generation we're living in? Is that everybody's got a new concept about God. 
And we have strayed away from the biblical concept of de- and the definition of God. And see, now we have tried. Let me tell you the problem I have today with so many people. There's so many books and writers out there that try to simplify the gospel. They make God too complicated. Come on, somebody. They try to make God this thing that the only thing we can do is just come into His presence and and just hope and pray for the best. I want to tell you that's not the God I serve. I serve the kind of God that is a dream giver and He is a dream fulfiller. Oh, come on, somebody. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've walked through, you still have a dream. Look at your neighbor and say, I still have a dream. Now, Joseph had a dream. And this dream was important. A dream happens in the unconscious mind, but it affects your behavior. The way that it will affect your behavior is that it will do so to a point that no matter how you operate, you'll, whatever you're doing, you'll, you'll do things differently because of it. You, you had a dream. You had a vision of doing something because this was down inside of you. And you operated in a way to obtain that dream or that vision. Never really gave it much thought. You just did what had to be done because it was your behavior or it has become your character. I know so many of you here, you have a dream of being something when you get out of high school. And so what you do is you act appropriately to fulfill that dream. You want to be something in high school or in college? You just got to get good grades in school. Amen? So you study hard. You do, are you listening? You do what it takes so that you can fulfill whatever dream that you have. When we come into the spiritual realm and living for God, it's no different. I've come to tell you folks, the Lord hasn't given up on your dream. It's you that have given up on your dream. And when you rise to your feet and say, my dream is not dead and I will do whatever it takes to fulfill my dream. Whatever it takes. When you wake up and you... In the morning, you make up in your mind every single day that I'm going to walk in my dreams and in the desires and in the visions that God has given me. That's when the enemy looks to see whom he may devour. That is the point where it seems like that everything has broken loose in your life. When you begin to walk in what you know that God has for you, that's when he says if he begins to walk in the dreams and the visions that God has given him in his life, then he will be a success. Do you understand that God's watching you every day? You know who he's looking for? He's looking for those that have a dream. And he's going to do everything he can to stop that dream because brother Lytle it's not until you make up in your mind that you're going to live out your dream that's when the enemy comes in like a flood you can have a dream but when you plan to live out that dream is when the devil tries to destroy it because the devil does not want you successful in fulfilling your destiny but I've come to tell you that when the enemy comes in like a flood that the Lord will rise up a standard against him oh hallelujah So every day, you get up, you try to fulfill and live out that dream. Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers. And that's when the enemy stepped in. Oh, I'm going to preach to somebody right now. (laughs) See, you can't tell everybody your dreams. And that's where so many young people and adults 
make a big mistake. You can't tell everybody, even those that you think are the closest to you. You can't tell them your dream. You know why? Because not everybody will get excited about your dream. That's what we do. God gives us a dream. We tell somebody and that person doesn't do a backflip like we did a backflip. And now we're, we're already second guessing our dream. God has spoken something to us. See, Joseph's brothers, the Bible says, already disliked him. They already had a problem with him. Why? Because he was father's favorite. Now, I have twin boys. And from the time they were born... I've never played favorites with either of them. One of them looks like me and acts like me. The other one, God help him. The other one looks and acts just like his mom. I love both of them. And there was a time a few years ago where they would ask me that question, Sister Jordan, I don't know if you ever went through that. I'm sure you did. Which one do you love more? You still do that? Praise God. All right, we're going to take a poll of which son is loved most. But I want you to think about it. Today... We're all about sharing love. We're all about making sure that we want them to feel, we want everybody to feel special. I don't want Connor to think he's any more special than Colin. And I don't want Colin to think he's any more special than than Connor. But I want you to understand that in that day, that was not the case. In that day, he was father's favorite. Now watch this. Because of favor, the favor of God in your life, The enemy doesn't like you. He hates you. Get it out of your head that you can never be best buds with the devil. It's not going to happen. You're blessed. Understand that Lucifer's role in heaven was the chief cherub angel. He was responsible for leading the praise of heaven. And because of his pride, he was kicked out of heaven and lost his position. You and I are created to worship God. And when this choir stood up here and they did an incredible job. And when the praise team gets up here and they do a fantastic job. When that happens, it reminds the enemy of what he has lost. So he's saying, I'm going to attack the praise singer. I'm going to attack the choir. I'm going to attack everybody that does anything in the church. Because I hate them for what I've lost and what they have. Oh, come on. I'm about to preach to somebody. Joseph's brothers disliked him because he had the favor of their father. Satan hates you because you have the favor of God. Oh, come on, somebody. You have the favor of God in your life. And he hates you for it. Oh, and and listen, as if it wasn't bad enough, y'all. Can I go down here? Okay. Can I stand up here? Just kidding. This This is the only pulpit ever built that would hold me. Unless that's PVC. I don't know. Is that just spray paint? No, that's metal. Okay. To make matters worse. Oh, God. Joseph's dad, (laughs) he gave him a coat of many colors. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about the fact what happened when he gave the son of major coat? He didn't make him a gray coat. Uh Uh-uh. He didn't make him a black coat. Black coat would have been all right. He didn't even make him a red coat. He didn't make him a fluorescent orange coat. He made that boy... 
his favorite, a coat of many colors. He might as well have handed him a t-shirt that said, Dad loves me more. (laughs) What does that mean? That means that every place that Joseph went where he wore that coat, everybody knew that he was Daddy's favorite. Everywhere he knew. Oh, here he comes. Here comes Rainbow Boy. Here comes this big Skittle. Coat of many colors. Everywhere he went. And his brothers hated him. They disliked him because he was father's favorite. But I want you to understand where it crossed over. It didn't cross over from dislike into hate until Joseph told his brothers his dream. He was already the favorite. But when he said, listen to what God has given me. Oh, that's when hate kicked in. And that's when they said, you know what we ought to do? We ought to get a hold. And he didn't, they didn't even say, we need to lay hands on Joseph. They didn't even say, let's go get our brother. They said, let's go get this dreamer. He started out a dislike brother. Then he turned out to be, from his brothers, a hated favorite of their father. Now because he has a dream, he is a dreamer and he is despised and the only thing we can do is kill him. I've come to preach to some young people tonight. The devil already disliked you. But when he found out God gave you a dream, he hated you. And now, now that he knows that you're the favorite and you're a favorite dreamer, he wants to kill you. He will not stop. They said, let's go and let's, listen, slay him and cast him into some pit. And then we're going to lie about it. And we're going to say, well, some evil beast has devoured him. And we shall see. Do you listen to what he said? We shall see what will become of his dreams. That's what the devil says. The devil's telling every, every young person here, you go ahead and try to fulfill your dream because I'm, I'm coming after you. And when I lay hands on you, I'm going to throw you into a pit that you can't get out of. You're going to get involved in pornography. You're going to mess up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You're going to get involved in drugs and alcohol. I'm going to throw you into a pit. And then I'm going to tell everybody it was his fault. He was going where he shouldn't have been. And when it's all said and done, we'll see what happens happens to your dream but I've come to tell somebody this is the night where you will rise up in your spirit and say this dreamer is going to keep on dreaming my dream is not dead I will not stop dreaming Listen to me right now. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. No matter how many times that you have messed up, no matter how many mistakes that you've already made, you can come to an altar of repentance You can plead for the help of God in your life. And He will forgive you. I believe in the spirit of restoration. And some of you young people here tonight, you may have already sacrificed some big things in your life. You may have already pushed your dream to the side because you've sacrificed things like your purity. You've sacrificed your innocence. But the Bible tells us that if a brother be overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, 
restore such a one. Come on, somebody. If you're spiritual, I, 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 want, I want to think I'm spiritual here tonight. I'm spiritual enough to pray for you. I'm spiritual enough to pray that God will use you, that he'll restore, come on somebody, your purity. He will restore your dream. I feel like I'm speaking this to a young person in the Holy Ghost. Hey, you had God tell you a lot of great things, but the devil has lied to you way too long. It is time to lay hands on your dream. Beware of the dream killers. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. You can't trust folks with your dream. People you think that you can trust will often try to kill your dream. They will try to vandalize your visions. You thought they'd be there to support you, but then they, they say there's no way you can do it. And says so some of you young people, God's been speaking to you, and I felt this in the Holy Ghost before I got here. They, 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 there's young people here. God's been talking to you about doing youth on missions trips and, and about teaching Bible studies, and, and you have allowed the devil to talk you out of your dream. God's trying to move you to a better place, a better walk with Him. Watch out for who you share your ambitions with. <laughs> They may laugh in your face, but they just want to kill your dream. The devil wants to use people, certain people in your life, to kill your dream. I know young men that have sacrificed their dream of being in the ministry for a girlfriend. I know young ladies that have sacrificed their dream of working for God for young men. I know young people and even adults that have sacrificed their dream for a job. God has spoken to them about progressing, and they've let the enemy talk them out of it. Uh, You know what I want to do? I want to live my dreams in the face of every dream killer out there. I want to do what God has called me to do because I'm reminded that the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. God gave me the dream, and He's going to equip me to defend my dream. Come on, somebody. Because you thought or perceived something to be a certain way. Even though it wasn't the way you thought it was. You begin to operate based on your emotions. Let me tell you, sometimes when you're trying to fulfill your dream, something will happen and you'll get let down every now and again. I'm going to tell you something. You cannot live out your dream without being discouraged every once in a while. I want you to look at Joseph. Ends up in a pit. Ends up in prison. He's lied upon. He went through so many different things, but he held on to his dream. I've seen people in church, Pastor Jordan, get up in church and testify. I've got a desire to see my entire family saved and come to church. Oh, but if the pastor doesn't talk to you that Sunday, you're going to leave and go somewhere else. I've seen people sacrifice their dream because of you. Someone in the youth group didn't speak to them. Oh, that youth group, they're not that friendly. They don't welcome me. I want to tell you something. If you're a real dreamer and God's given you a dream, nobody can talk to you and you're still going to live for God. Come on, we got to stop being a dead generation. We got to stop being a limp wristed generation. We've got to stop being a spineless generation. Let me tell you something. I tell our young people quite often, if I had talked to some of y'all the way my pastor talked to me, you wouldn't be sitting here. 
I mean it. I know sometimes I let it out when he's there. Sometimes I just I spew it all. You know, I, sh- I, I shaved my head one time. I know. <laughs> Think about it. I shaved my head one time. I'm trying to find somebody who has haircut close to mine that I had. Nobody. Anybody bald here? My brother right here. Okay. Now, I'm not making fun of you. This is what I had right here. My hair. Can I touch your head? Okay. <laughs> Don't you love when people say, is this okay? What if it's not? I mean, you're going to come get the mic? What's going to happen? Nothing. Okay. So my hair was like this. I had a little bit more on top than him. I shaved my head one time because I had a buddy that was a Marine. And so he gave me a Marine haircut. I showed up to church that Sunday. My pastor, Brother David Bear, who's also, he doubles as my uncle. And that's, that's hardcore right there. He called me into his office. He said, get in my office. His face was beet red. He said, what have you done to your head? I said, I've shaved my, and I was playing drums. I said, I, I just got a, a high and tight, is what we called it, high and tight marine haircut. He said, well, I'm going to tell you something. He said, that looks ridiculous. You look like some kind of a stinking punk rocker. And he said, you're set down for playing the drums, and you will not play until your hair grows back out. I felt like Samson. <laughs> not really. And then he said, oh, and then he didn't go, oh, but brother, I love you. You just hang in there. Everything will be all right. His last words to me, Brother Jordan, was, now get out of my office. I was 15 years old. If I'd have been like some kids, I would have ran and told mom and dad, mm, come on now. And I'd have said how the pastor hurt my feelings. I can't believe he did this. And then there'd have been a big conference call, and then there'd have been, but you know what? I didn't do that because I realized that I had a dream. Now, I know that 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 haircut wasn't a sin, but he was the bishop over my life. He was the pastor over my life. And he obviously saw that today it's a bad haircut, but tomorrow it's a bigger decision and it's a dream killer. And he had to teach me a lesson. There's some things in life that are not worth sacrificing. Sacrificing your dream. I wish somebody would preach with me right now. There's dream killers out there to destroy you, but God is here to help you. God is here to defend you tonight. Come on, somebody. Clap your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, let's just worship Him for a minute. The enemy wants to vandalize your visions. He wants to take your dream from you. Jesus. I know people that have had dreams of getting in the ministry. I know people that have had dreams of starting their own business. They've had dreams of finishing college and, and, and they've let all these obstacles get in the way. But I'm going to tell you something. The power of God and His anointing is enough to help you fulfill your dream. The enemy's telling you, you don't want all the problems that you're going to have to face with your dream. See, you, we... In this day and age, people want the fulfillment of the dream, but they don't want to have to work for it. And so because the job gets too hard, they settle for mediocrity just to get by barely enough. I don't know about you, but as long as I'm walking with God, here's what I do know. 
that he's going to bring me through. You know why? Because he says, be of good cheer. I have already overcome the world. It doesn't matter what you're up against. I've come to tell you here today that God is going to help you overcome by the power of his spirit. And it's time that you wake up to your dream. It's time that you wake up in the midst of it and say, I've got a vision. I have a dream. And I'm going to watch God help me fulfill it tonight. I'm getting ready to close, but I just want to speak to you for just a moment. A couple more moments if I could. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5 and 3, For a dream cometh through the multitude of business, and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. It's foolish to talk yourself out of your dream. You want to fulfill your dream, young person? Teach a Bible study. Win a soul. Pray. Read your Bible. Worship God. I love, and I'm not just pointing them out. I don't know if they're not doing it tonight, but maybe they've heard this before. Maybe that's why. But at church, my boys will have two notebooks. And they'll sit there, and they'll write down what I'm preaching. And it's funny because after church, my wife will show it to me. Now look at these notebooks, and literally, it's like word for word. I don't know how they can do it that fast. We try to get them to do their homework at home, and it takes hours writing and my hands hurting but man they're writing and they're making notes and all this stuff and I'm sitting here thinking one day one day if the Lord should see fit and I'm not around I won't always be around when they're around but if one day they can look back in those notebooks and they can remember how their daddy preached about a dream and maybe they can look and find something in there that says, you know what, I'm not going to talk myself out of this dream. I'm not going to say my youth group isn't big enough. I'm not going to say my church isn't big enough. I'm not going to say my pastor isn't well known enough. I'm not going to say that this isn't, that isn't. No, I'm not going to listen to a fool's words. But I'm going to be about my father's business. Come on, somebody, I feel the Holy Ghost. Stand with me right now. Come on, I want you to lift your hands to heaven all through this house. And I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray that God would show you your dream again. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel it. It's moving in this place. Oh, come on, He's making Himself known unto you. The devil cannot destroy your dream. Come on, I believe that God has sent me tonight to preach this message to a young person that's on the edge of giving up on your dream. Oh, hallelujah. You're on the edge of giving up on your dream. Oh, Jesus. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's just worship Him right now. If you're apostolic, just lift your hands and begin to praise Him. Come on, just begin to praise Him. If, if this is your first time here, lift your hands with us and just begin to talk to God because God's given you a dream too. If you're brand new in the apostolic faith, God's given you a dream too. There's some young people, some students here. Oh God, I just feel it so strong in the spirit right now. You're about to let go of your dream. You don't think it's big enough and you don't think it's good enough and you don't think it's God enough. But I've come to tell you, God gave it to you for a reason. Don't worry about being smart. Don't worry about being cool. Don't worry about being in with this culture. 
worry that you've let the enemy kill your dream. But I want to talk to somebody in the Holy Ghost right now. And I know that we were limited in space up here. And I am going to ask some folks to come in just a minute. And if you can't make it up here, step out in the aisle, pray for somebody out there. It doesn't matter. But somebody's got to make a step in a direction tonight. Because I want to talk to a young person in this section that's in this church. God has spoken to you about your dream. And you have ran in the other direction because of the spirit of fear and anxiety. In this generation, we are overwhelmed with fear and anxiety from politics all the way across the board. We're overwhelmed with fear and anxiety. And I feel, even right now, I feel that spirit of fear trying to reach it up and and get a hold of some of you. But I want you to understand the Word of God. Greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. If God gave you a dream, He already knows you're expected in and it's going to be all right. And you're going to do it. Come on, somebody. You're going to do it. I want you to lift your hands right now and say, God, I'm tired of talking myself out of my dream. I'm tired of letting the devil kill my dream. I'm going to stand up and receive it in Jesus' name. I want you to come right now. Come from your place. If you're who I'm talking to tonight, I want you to come to this altar right now. Come on, move people out of your way and get to this altar. Come on, come up close to the front. Don't be afraid. Get as close as you can. Lift your hands and say, God, help me fulfill my dream. I'm ready to fulfill my dream. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, lift your hands right now. Come on, section three, lift your hands. I'm ready to receive it right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, come on. Come on, this is a generation that will fulfill its dreams. Come on, Sam.